Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wednesday afternoon. You know what I mean? Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamlet to discuss everything that is in store on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we preview and review Dynamite, Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, premium live events, pay-per-views, we have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, not this week, on wrestle culture. Hamflet, out of 10, what's your hype? Uh, Right now a two, but I'll explain why. Because me and you, just together without Wilborn, haven't done a podcast since we're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just had a flashback, and I kind of wish there was like a... Well, that was like slightly oppressive heat, but the kind of oppressive heat you're glad to be a part of. A bottle of of Cayman Jack Margarita. (laughs) Huge in front of us, like a $2 beer awaiting when we were finished. Yeah. Like, so this is a cold reminder of what once was. That said, the product's hotter than when we were there. So maybe that can bring the oppressive heat instead. Am I right? Just have some beers on the podcast. Yeah. Just with some uh, Camden Hell's Lager in the fridge. I will just drink like. I was thinking, I said to Murray, actually, I think you were in the toilet, we could go, Guinness Zero is so awesome, we could go to Tesco's on dinner, get, like, some cans of Guinness Zero and drink them with dinner. There's not even any booze in it, it's just, like, having a pint of Guinness. Well, I don't like Guinness. Oh, well, that's a problem, then. And that's, uh, I'm not, well, I'd like the taste of beer, but I would want the buzz. So are you not a low, like, these Zeros and 0.5s, I think they're game changers. I think they're amazing. No. I don't know, I, my mind is broken. Uh-huh. In more than one way. Um, so I don't know if I would get a, a placebo effect. Yeah. Or I'd worry about the placebo effect or I'll get bloating. So what I tend to do is I don't like to go total Jack Grealish <laughs> on a night out these days. I met up with the boys last week, had a few beers. So I had five. And then I was like, right, I'm pretty. Uh, five what? What are we talking I had Elvis juice, uh-huh. Corona, mm-hmm. uh, two sour, three sours. Okay, so like all five percent ish there. there that would be coming out a mean average of about five, five point five, something like that. And then I got a buzz. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna have a coke next. Right. Okay. Yeah. A small coke. Yeah. And then a beer. Mm-hmm. And then a small coke. And I think that might have been me. Then Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, out actually, club, I, VK blue. You take the piss. I did actually have a Jaeger bomb and Raffs. Yeah. I did have a Jaeger bomb and Raffs with, with a hooch. Yeah. So I got that. Oh, buzz back. Yeah. And I, just, I had a buzz as I'm maintaining this buzz. Yeah. And then you do lose the buzz if you're not staying out or you're not. There's a reason why the drink works in that respect, isn't it? Like, yeah. Just I, you do lose the buzz. So yeah. You feel like you've wasted. I don't know. There's no perfect way to do it. 
There's absolutely no perfect. The perfect way to do it is sunny day, cocktails, yeah, and lots of food. Like the Continentals have it right, where you can drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and not have a water or a soda, and then oh, the bus is kind of gone. And can you get it back? Is it getting a bit late? And I haven't perfected this. I just don't want to be an idiot being sick in a taxi. That's happened to me before. I've paid the financial price. That was a turning point for me of, I'm not very good at drinking. I need Bad to for the shame the next better. day as well. I hate, yeah, yeah, I hate them. My friend coined this, the guilty feeling. Yeah. The non-specific guilty feeling when you've just had a laugh with your mates mm-hmm. and then you wake up and feel like, oh, did I make a tit of myself? Or I just feel generally down. So I want to avoid a brutal hangover, being sick in a taxi and that guilty feeling the way to do it, in my experience, isn't with the coke. But I'd rather have, I'd rather lose the buzz than yeah. pay for the buzz. On the continent, they just eat and drink, like in small doses throughout the day. So whenever I've been on holiday, or they were trying to replicate the holiday by having, oh, everyone will make something and we'll go to the in-laws and have cocktails and drink, 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 drinks. So I'm just eating food throughout. Yeah, that is the way to do it for me. I, well, as you well know, like I'm incapable of true discipline when I'm in. No, you are apps. You are the ultimate burn the candle at both ends guy. I, and I really enjoy being in drink. You're very intense. I'm an in drink for a while, which is just to say never not boozing. But I like to. I'm a, like a like. Remember in the early noughties when you're a binge drinker. Binge binge Britain. Like I'm a binge drinker. I can go weeks and weeks and weeks without a drop. But then, like when it's made available to me for a sustained period, that's gamraj. But that's why I'm a numbers guy. That's why, like, that's why I became so obsessed with keeping a session. Like, if you can get in that four point three and under bracket for the first five or six, the stats are on your side. You've just, like, it's not, it's a science. You've just had less of that ABV that suddenly, you're like, ah, I should be for the five or six pints I've had, I should be more. It's not a volume of beer thing. It's a volume of alcohol thing. Yeah. I think people realise that when they're knocking back their six or seven percent pints. And fair play to them. Like our friends across the Atlantic that we know. Gan Raj for these, like we saw it in Vegas, like more pints were like over six and seven than, yeah, you, would get yeah, in, than yeah. you would get in an English bar. If that happened in England, there'd all be like your equivalent of like $15. Yeah, and bars getting smashed up, like just smashed windows yeah. and pubs every weekend. Um, but then, yeah, after that, it's like the Jager bombs and the, and the gins make the difference. Watermelon margaritas and uh, pulled pork tacos. Rattlers, I'm banging it as well at the moment. Like I've, I just get zero hangovers off ties. Like fruity, like either a grapefruit or a watermelon rattle away. You're talking about like 2%, something like that. See, like, I will get the dynamite at some point. Yeah. I had this watermelon and mint. It's lush, the show, the new show flavor, yeah? Yeah, just as knee buzzer to it at all. Really? I didn't get a single bit of, oh, I've had a bit of alcohol and I feel great. But then you see, that's where, that you know, like you would say like, say like a Friday or a Saturday where you might have the kids the next day. I'll, I could have one of them with no feeling the next day. Whereas I like to, when I'm drinking, I like to drink, drink, and I couldn't parent responsibly. Like, you can have like a margarita and then still have a functioning weekend. Yeah. I'll be like, nah, I'm out now. Like, where's the club? Where's the, like, where's the, mental, where's, where's, the, where's the cash machine? <laughs> like, there. What's the, what are we talking about? We're talking about dynamite. It's a big one. It is a big one. It's a big one. We've touched on this on the NXT preview. Why? Well, because otherwise we'd have had to preview NXT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, review coming soon also to the feed. Uh, there's, a, there's some politics to this, isn't there? Like, this is going to be a big-ass show for reasons that will help Collision, 
but might some of the wrestlers want to hinder it at the same time? Well, that's my take, and we'll get to that imminently. But before that, we'll first talk about MJF and Adam Cole in a world title eliminator. Um, This is quite the um, whiplash, because if you were to tell someone in the early onset of the Wednesday Night Wars, you're going to get heel MJF versus babyface Adam Cole, I'll be doing cartwheels. Yeah. You'd also think, all right, well, it's good that MJF's in there with Cole. Talisman of the opposite sides. Yeah. yeah. You'd also think, because obviously MGF is an absolutely phenomenal professional wrestler. He proves this all of the time. He wasn't quite proving it in late 2019. It wasn't his character. Um, and he'd had that match with Hangman Page, which I think that match did a significant amount of damage to MGF's rep. It was pretty flat, pretty boring, Botched the finish, yeah. and I think it was the first time that MGF had a feature match on Dynamite as opposed to a squash, and the, you know the, the evidence wasn't particularly great. We've moved way past that. So much so, this is the point I'm arriving at, that at this point, Adam Cole, the guy who was so good at wrestling that Triple H kind of broke him yep. <laughs> in order to get those hot, loud... Relatively for NXT high drawing segments, um, that's how good Cole was and was perceived to be. And now, a he kind of really needs a great match in AW. He needs a great hot match, particularly since he's just turned babyface and he might be considered for a world champion or really up there for the next few years. And he's not delivered mm. that much in AW. There were some really great matches early. The Jungle Boy match that opened Dynamite in late 2021 springs to mind. But he's had as many misses as hits. He hasn't really delivered since the comeback. And ironically, MGF at this point is the guarantee. It's either him or Danielson or Omega for me. The three singles matches where you're always going to get something within the four to five star range. And I'm a little bit worried because Cole just hasn't really delivered yet. The Garcia match, plainly, was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't electrifying. It wasn't great. It was nice. It was nice at best. The Jericho match was a disaster. Yep. We saw it live. We saw it die. We saw so many different conflicting ideas, like, oh, you got a wacky Sabu party match, but take seriously the idea of Adam Cole as John Moxley at the finish. Yeah. <laughs> did not work for me. Did not work for virtually everybody in that arena. Um, MGF is going to have to be... I'm not saying that Adam Cole's a broomstick. I'm <laughs> saying that he really needs the correct program. He really needs to discover his form. MGF could be the 80s Ric Flair here. And that's kind of how this match needs to play out. I think so. I'm left with memories of uh, the Hangman Page feuds and the Orange Cassidy ones that both undelivered in, uh, that failed first, to live in ring for me. The first like, Hangman match was... Excellent to a lot of people, but you still wouldn't put it in the top 20 hangman matches in AEW. No, and Cole allowed you to expect more. I think that's it. I think it's probably performing. I love Adam Cole, but it, it does feel like he's performing below expectations, and expectations were set not like unreasonably high, but expectations were set fairly high from him being able to... It's a star rating scale breaker. Yeah, like he mastered a formula that a load of people couldn't. Like that Shawn Michaels star rating manipulator formula in NXT which did eventually get exposed by the last match with Gargano and multiple ones with Kyle O'Reilly, but they, the pandemic, asterisk, them. 
it's it just felt like he'd figured that out, and yet that doesn't seem to have quite found its way to AEW yet. I would like to think it could here. Last week's, well, let's first say, I suppose, last week's promo, while divisive in some circles, Drew, hugely. I listened to Brandon Thurston speaking on this, on WrestleNomics, and he said that he doesn't always use quarter-hour analysis because quarter-hours can be spun to put over your favourite or bury somebody you don't like. Like there's just Confirmation bias. All the time, in quarter-hours especially. But he's got, it being Brandon Thurston, he's got this thing we does with the spreadsheets where he'll look at specific spikes and numbers as counting as actually, yes, this was difference-making. And then he'll colour the boxes in on his sheet as being like, right, this would be a confirmation bias spike, this would be an actual difference-maker. And he classified um, Jeff and Adam Cole's promo rating last week as a difference-maker. This was something that he felt using all of his uh, data as a reason to be able to say, yes, people, if they weren't tuned in, suddenly did. If they were tuned in, they stayed tuned in through the commercial play, blah, blah, blah. There was definitely something that he thought was appealing about last week. I would agree because that promo blew its proverbial beans up this feud's proverbial muff. It was everything. Like, you kind of have to have the match this week yeah. because now it was left behind, was it? Like, at MJF, so we said this every week with CM Punk, what can they possibly do now? Oh, something even better. MJF can always find the next layer, but you would think last week was, right, they've done all the lines now. There's nothing left. We have to get to the pay-per-view. Oh, no, there's no pay-per-view other than Forbidden Door, and that's why it's happening now. So I'm quite interested in what happens next. Cole theoretically has to win if this is going to be a title match. But what if this is a bit of a spin on things and MJF wins a contenders match? That doesn't happen very often. And AEW can break with tradition in quite a unique way by having Cole not being as ready as he thought he was and MJF's arrogance being propped up by... a w- Like, he can cheat, obviously. can hit him with a diamond ring. Like, going for a headshot on a guy that's just come back from a concussion yeah. with a weapon is a pretty cruel way to do it. Um, like, what if... I don't think it should be Chris Jericho, but what if somebody's unsatisfied with Adam Cole and wants to interfere or get in the way of it and MJF put, like delays the Adam Cole match a little bit and says, oh, well, tough tits get to the back of the queue. Yeah. And it's always going to be there. We'll know that Adam Cole was screwed and we'll know that Adam Cole will have his day. Yet another, reason, like, yet another reason why this has to deliver. This yeah. is not a one and done. Even if it will feel course, like yeah. that in the moment, it mm-hmm. won't be one and done. They're not just giving Cole to MJF at random. It's just not happening. So it's... This match has to deliver because you have to want the sequel even more. They might even ask you to pay for it. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on. I'm fascinated by what the finish looks like. I think this is quite bold, really sort of um, like completely out of left field or within left field, whatever the expression is. I'm fascinated by what the finish looks like, which is good because you're going to bite on every single near fall in this match, which will help elevate the quality and the drama and how memorable the match is and all the rest of it and the atmosphere. Um, I'm thinking MJF wins. Yeah. They could do some kind of finish where he goes to hit him with a ring. He's thwarted, but then he hits him with something really like much worse in the head, and they do another injury angle, and... They really get right the idea of, because I don't think they've ever mastered it. WWE certainly haven't of, can this person come back? Can they really do it? And it would be the ultimate tribute to Shawn Michaels, the ultimate um, like show display that Cole isn't just a cosplayer. He can be as good as the man was at his best if he can really sell a head injury going into the second match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the finish is. I suspect MJF's going to win. 
That's one scenario. But again, there's several which will inform the drama. They could just have Cole win and Collision gets a big, big title match. Uh, that MGF wins because it's too early, I think, to take the title off him. And then he can do a spiel. Everyone here in this place, there's no competition for me here. And then he can have something with MGF and Forbidden Door. The worst case scenario for me, and I can't see this happening, but it's the schedule that's throwing me for a loop, is that they stip it up or do a title rematch at Forbidden Door, which makes no sense, but why are they doing it now? That's a question I'm asking myself. I'm certain that the answer's good, like they're not making this weird mistake or just doing weird, just AEW stuff in Forbidden Door, which completely undermines the point. But the schedule of when and why they're doing this is throwing me for a complete loop, which is great because I can see signature moves in this match. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to be a finish and I can't call it. So it could be that. I like how unpredictable it is in that respect because the collision title match, well, we talked about it last week, didn't we? Like in trying to forecast something that wasn't the ultimate six man we got, I was thinking, well, an MJF title match is a hell of a way to do it. Like that you're taking, that not only is the punk there, but you're saying that the show means business and you're making MJF, the guy that never even worked on a rampage, work on the first collision. Yeah. There's no kind of better way for Tony Khan to be like, I, I promise it's not going to be rampage this time, guys. Like, I swear, this is this is the real that quiz. That is the talk as well. Like, that is the talk. So that would be a hell of a way to do it, um, that you have the match now and it's no messing around. Um, as well, because from a kayfabe standpoint, and AEW does uh, cling to kayfabe more than WWE does for situations like this. MJF, if you ask me, at the... Uh, Double nothing press scrum made a lot of sense. The things he was saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, but yeah, but uh, one of the things he also did um, after he was asked a super insightful question from one of the representatives of, well, I don't know. I would say, and I'm sure he would say that it's no, oh, we can't find the button. Uh, anyway, I don't want to kill any more time. But anyway, MJF was really great at the press conference, but when asked a super insightful question by you. No less. Yeah. Michael Sidgwick. He was ribbing New Japan, as we kind of knew he would. He was mocking the concept of Forbidden Door, mocking the supposed competitive element of the matches, all that kind of crack. Um, and he <laughs> Press the button. Pay attention, please. <laughs> you got it. Let's not forget this week we've had... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was scripts. <laughs> this is brilliant. I love this because I've never heard half of these buttons. These must be his wrestle culture proper back half. That's not even a button. <laughs> Is that Nijax music? We're gonna have to give this one more. Does he have no <laughs> What's he? He must have labelled it like. He hasn't labelled it. It's not boner. I feel like it's one of the light blue buttons on one of the pages. One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- And I think we've, we've just, proved just that. disproved that. Yeah, massively. Um, he was saying on there that he didn't care about Forbidden Door, he doesn't care about New Japan, any of that crack. And Tony Khan looked furious. And this is an in-character thing that's happening now. I was describing, just to, to go off like a little bit, I was... Uh, Showing that video off to one of my friends who's not interested in wrestling, but like thinks this job is weird because it is weird. And I'll use the example. Imagine you're at a post-EastEnders press conference 
and Phil Mitchell can either come in fully in character as Phil Mitchell or just come in as Steve McFadden and talk about what it was like to work with the rest of the actors. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the choice. I'm like, that's, that's pretty great, isn't it? And finally, I figured out the way to make people impressed with this stupid job, so I'm going to remember that analogy going forward. He did put over Disco Inferno on TV, so maybe he buried us in a very low-key secret way. Who yeah. the hell knows? Who can say? But Tony Khan, also understanding that MJF was there in character, was fuming that... MJF would just bury Forbidden Door and bury New Japan and the competitive element of that. It would be kind of fake feeling if Tony Khan then allowed MJF to get what he wanted and wrestle Adam Cole at Forbidden Door. It would be a little bit cowardly as a boss. They'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you can have that then. I know you don't want to wrestle New Japan guy, so you don't have to. It's just weird. It's throwing me for a bloody loop this entire schedule. Right? I'm going to go with a collision title match. I think that's the move. I think that's the move. I think that's what they're going to do. Um, but at the same time... This back of the line story, really feeling like he's come back, like he needs to feel like he's really made a comeback because I've kind of botched the first bit, is a potential route that he could take as well. I'm going to bite on everything. I'm a conspiratorial guy, okay? Mm -hmm. Not the problematic ones. (laughs) I'm not demented. I don't believe in the teachings of QAnon, but I've got a certain cynical mindset, shall we say, and I try to look deeply into things and quite pedantic because I'm cynical and I kind of think the worst of most people. <laughs> the Hung Bucks are doing a trios match with the Blackpool Combat Club tonight. Mm-hmm. And while I don't necessarily think the Young Bucks have gone up to Tony Khan and said we should do a trios match on the same week that CM Punk returns in a trios match because we're the best at this and we're going to go absolutely mental just show him who's boss. And just basically get that big cack out, swing it round. Executive vice penis. Yeah, yeah. Get the big cack out, swing it round and say, follow that mother. Yeah. I don't think they've actually gone and knocked on the door and demanded slash requested this. I do think that they've thought of themselves, we'll show him. We will show him. Bit how, that, I'm Maxley's side as well. Yeah, yeah. How the hell? Yeah, I'm Maxley's side as well. How the hell they do the goddamn trios match? I don't necessarily think this is going to get 20 minutes. It's a stacked show. They're professional enough to realize that Cole MGF is the big match. I think for 14 minutes, they're going to go absolutely mental in here. Yeah. You might even get some blood. You'll certainly get some of the wildest, like Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson and Cesar and Claudio working together. It's going to be magic. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go absolute pedal to the metal. 150 miles per hour, they're going to really, really, really try. And it's so hard at this point to make a special, memorable dynamite match that's always talked about in the same voice as Omega Vikingo, um, like Danielson Roosh. Like AW in 2023 is still great Yeah, a lot of the time. Like Kenny Omega Park, like these really... Like Danielson Hangman, these legendary dynamite matches. I think they'll have um, the appetite to really, really get up for it. I don't know who wins. Probably the Hung Bucks because this is going to blood and guts or wherever it goes, it's not ending here. Yeah. So I think to justify the next big wild match that they have, that might even incorporate Ibushi, Okada, Osprey, whatever, um, the Hung Bucks should win. Ah, see, I was thinking the BCC were going to win to kind of force the elite 
plus extras in a, like a desperate measures situation. Um, I honestly reckon they might be trying to decide if they like the look of Moxley, like Moxley, Claudio, and Wheelie Uta as a as trios contenders. I just think the way that they've been, I know that like Danielson's been taking a step back anyway, but just seeing the three of them together and thinking, right, is it actually not a bit fresher to have Moxley doing something outside of the singles division? Yes. Is this elevating both Claudio and Uta more than anything that's ever happened to them in AEW thus far? Yes. I think there's real mileage in them beating down and beating up lots and lots of trios until the House of Black have had a run, and then you pass the belt over that way in what would be... I think uh, that's a few months away. Yeah, it's a few months away. But I think they win here to settle. I think we're going the same destination. It makes no sense that's a few months away, because they're winning... (laughs) It's it's them and the Acclaim until winning the most trios matches at present. Yeah, right. And they'll probably give it to three random lads next week or the week after. You can't see BCC being that arsed about, like, house rules. Yeah, which yeah. it's a big problem in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they win here because I think the numbers game is highlighted in the finish. I would like to see the Hung Bucks ultimately get the better of them. I would like to see John Moxley again be reminded that Hangman Page is the better man. I love that story between yeah. them now. Um, Claudio and Uta have been really... They've not been flat-track bullets because they've been fighting the elite, but then they've been permitted to act like flat-track yeah. bullies, and I'd like to see them get theirs a little bit against the Young Bucks, who are a bit more fighting fit. Um off having a bit of a rest off Anarchy in the Arena. But Kenny's away. Um, Okada is feuding with Danielson, but isn't here. Ibushi is the guy. Those that two you, things aren't guaranteed. Well, but like Ibushi is the guy that you're kind of not really allowed to talk about at the moment, but he's the one that we know we're supposed to be thinking about. But Danielson is in the building. Takeshita is kicking around and just go for the heat again, I think. Have it be a super competitive match that the BCC win by cheating because we know they can't win this fair fight against the Elite. So they don't. They don't win fair fights against them. It's. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Barzut like for 15 minutes. It's not going to outstay its welcome. But Takeshita is there. Danielson is there, and you can set up these programs or continue to develop these programs without needing the babyfaces to make the save. The elite calling out on being the elite or next week's dynamite. Can he make like? Can you get home, please? Like, bring back whoever you want. We're bang game. I hope you have been on the phone to Ibushi and Okada, but we need you back because Aye. look what's going down. Aye, absolutely. Um, and another multi-man tag, which is probably going to be more of a fun party match, but it also has a grudge match element to it. So this might be one big daft spot fest. I hate that word, but it's the easiest frame of reference too far. Uh, Sting, Darby Allen, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy versus Mogul Embassy. I think this will be fun. It can't not be. Look at the ridiculous E-fed quality of the match graphic in and of itself. Um, it's the sort of match that will always get a big crowd reaction. You've got some of the biggest stars in the company, one of the biggest stars of all time in there. He's inevitably going to do something really, really cool. You'd be like... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Too embittered not to get up for this mm-hmm. in the match itself. I can't get that excited about it. I suspect it will be a victory for Sting. They never beat him, but then that's not the best way to heat up uh, Keith Lee versus Swerve at this point. But what is yeah. <laughs> what is? I think they're going to do that on Collision. They might, yeah. I think it spins off from this. Uh huh. Um, well, that was what I was looking at with this match. Because its quality is kind of isn't in doubt, even if it's not like, as you say, even if it does veer towards spot fest and all the connotations it has, they're just fun spots. So it's not a negative if they're just doing wacky stuff for 10 minutes on TV. So I was looking at this trying to work out what it was for. And other than the Keith Lee Swerve singles match, which I'm, like, I'm bored of hearing myself say this. It's like, ridiculous. It's like Tim and Jim talking about paper in both the office pilots, isn't it? Yeah. It's like... And we're going to preview maybe one day having a singles match between these two, and I'm boring myself talking about it. I don't even want it that much anymore. I don't want it I'll at all. I'll take this. I forget Keith Lee exists in this company. Is it possible that they are um, sending these four out and then allowing Keith Lee to splinter off and then go with me? Keeping Orange Cassidy with Sting and Darby to bring Shingo back to do like a Super Dudes with Attitudes for an eight man at Forbidden Door. Yeah. Just yeah. put Cassidy with Sting and Darby now. To be either in a three or a four. Yeah, Keith Lee, if he wants to, but create this unit on television with a view of a really fun party match at Forbidden Door. Like it was a six man last year, was it against the Bucks and ELP? Was that who they did? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So like JAS potentially, it's, a, it's not much of a New Japan influence there. I was going to say like the like losers from House but, of Torture or like J, like a collab. Well, yeah, actually, J, like J, uh, like Jericho. Um, Hager and two like he'd analog ca- bastards. He'd call it House of Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't he? Um, Jericho's been saying that not working. Sting. It's like, are you sure about that? Depending on what Sonata's up to, what about just four guys instead of the five? Yeah, yeah. Like them four lads are pretty good. So, but something like that, like you create 
just a visual, because we've had Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen as a team. Darby and Sting are accepted as a unit, and Keith Lee is a fourth man here. Shingo was a fourth man last year. I feel like this is to just remind you that the visual of all of these specific baby faces is kind of awesome. There's a real magic to these specific good guys coming together. So now show us some baddies for them to fight at Forbidden Door. And I kind of think that's one of the key purposes of this match. Yeah. Like Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen last week, I was watching them and I was like, well, I don't care about Forbidden Door. I want the FTR tag team title match. Like you're showing me things that I really, really yeah. love the look of. So make it count for Forbidden Door. Uh, on the subject of Haig, <laughs> he's wrestling Wardlow for the TNT title. Rematch of a goated pandemic dynamite moment? Uh, no. It's cute, but it's not hot. They've got history. It's the kind of thing where, like, if they still did row two, they would hook me in four minutes on that, and I'd be really up for it. But they don't do that anymore, realistically, which is a bit of a shame. They do it to a degree at the control center, but it's not what it was. It's fallen off. Um, I don't care about this anymore. I don't think they... I've got such a way to make you care, by the way. You're going oh, right, to okay. love my pitch list. They had way more chemistry in the background. And I, I love that deadpan from Hager. I was like, why does he keep staring at me? <laughs> and they had this weird thing where they were just like, they, were just, they thought each other was sus. Yeah. And they kind of realized, right, well, I'm trying to be the big heater alpha. No, I'm the, I'm the one who's the best at this, actually. So I always thought that was a really fun background interaction. And then they started wrestling, and it was never really good. <laughs> no. And they had this weird, like... MMA mini match within Blood and Guts that was just crap. The, the, the first one. The MMA exhibition thing I thought was great fun. It looked tremendous. Uh, I probably liked it at the time, never going back to it. Pandemic concession stuff, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, well, you had latitude towards yeah. it. Aye. This is not going to be that. I don't think this is going to be Nout or something. And the, the result is not in doubt. Hager in a singles context is just not it, never has been. Um, or if he was. The standard is completely accelerated beyond his um, ability. I just can't imagine a world in which this is good. But you can. I apparently. can. I can. Uh, were you at Insurrection 2003 I in wasn't, Newcastle? You, know, you were not. Nor was I, because I moved to the region that summer. I was, uh, I was bored by Triple H, so I just checked out for a little while there. Yeah, it was the last uh, UK pay-per-view. So thank you, Triple H. Not the person you're working in the main event. Kevin Nash. But what was so great about that Triple H, Kevin Nash main event was nothing to do with the two in the ring. It was Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels bouncing around on the floor, getting bloodied up to try and make this door match entertaining. Um, and I think that's what we might get here. Wardlow and Hager's just going to be fine, truthfully. However... Arn Anderson's going to do the dance. Arn Anderson doing the Danny Garcia dance. I'm glad you mentioned Garcia. Because I think there's a sideways thing that's going to make this fun for you. Wardlow's going to get the win against Hager. Jake Hager is going to be livid, obviously. Who's he going to complain to? Then you're going to get Wardlow and his new, in inverted commas, friend, Brock Anderson. Doesn't really matter about them two. Versus the first ever AEW version of Vitamin C. Chris Jericho and Christian together in oh. AEW for the first time. Because Hager drags Jericho in for like a one-off. And Wardlow's like, all right, Brock, you little fella, is your, is your little tea bag staying recovered? Let's have a tag match. Let's have a bloody bare knuckle fight against Chris Jericho and Christian. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my, oh my God. I bet. Just to shoe The two biggest cocks in the planet. Yeah. Just to shoehorn him into the podcast. I bet, yeah, William Regal, 
bloody loved that segment where uh, Jericho and Christian came out with nothing but the towels, and then the Dudley boys stole the towels away. I saw that, and I think, now you're pro wrestlers, kids. Like I always said, you want to get in the head in this business as, a, as, a, as an original dirty villain, you got to show your ass. <laughs> and ideally on pay-per-view, you bollocks and dick. So you got to take a literally for these punters, you know. Oh, pretentious people, eh? it's all pretentious industry. That's not what we're doing here. That's all we're doing here, we're just having a bit of fun. Punters got the fun as well. You know, just do me, you know. You know just do me, you know, I, uh, show my ass. It's called show business. I've never once done business, so I've oh, got to give him a show. So it's actually called show business. That's <laughs> when you have the cup of tea. I'm drinking this cup of show business. Yeah, you have the cup of tea, right? And you, it's all about intent, you know. It's all about intent in this industry. If you look like you've got nothing behind it, the punters won't believe in the match. The same with tea. If you look like you're out of a, out of a delicious brew, Yorkshire tea. <laughs> oh, it's piss. <laughs> they just love it. I love that one. I'm a little piss pot, short and stout. Uh, Tony Storm. <laughs> Tony Storm and Sky Blue wrestling for the women's title. Um, Tony Storm's going to win. Yes. The trick, as ever, is to make you think that. Ah, just not. The outcasts are going to interfere. I've I can't get up for this. Uh, I've said before several reviews at this point, Sky Blue... Is uh, really improving. Yeah. I think she was that great in the match on Rampage. I was going to ask because I've forgotten. How was the Rampage follow? It was um, every WWE former match you've ever seen. Some ridiculous bumps. Do you know what I thought they were going to do with that? really, really contrived selling on the outside. You know, the, the, the usual. Yeah, I thought like Nyla Rose was going to win because this Dynamite's in Washington and like there's, she's from there and there's yeah. Dynamite Law there. And had that like kind of minor classic with Riho there, and I just thought, oh, no, they're going to give it Nyla Rose at the end of the season, and it's just going to be this like real fun, hard hitting thing that Tony Storm and again, prevails. But Nyla Rose, I want to at least see her work situational babyface. Yeah, that's just where I thought they were going. Get the glimpse of people really, really think she's funny as hell on Twitter, mm-hmm. and she is. There's got to be a way, and I know she's had certain one liners and backstage segments. There's got to be a way to try and make that a character, but it isn't happening. Um, Tony Storm versus Sky Blue is happening, and I think this is a nice bit of solid basic booking. I don't tend to like that very much, but the match quality is there. I do like the story of someone getting close, mm-hmm. so close yet so far. They got Darby Allen over as hell with this exact kind of thing. Obviously, Sky Blue, being a woman, will not get such a patient plotted, long-term, proper long-term story. But, you know, if they create magic together, that might even convince Tony to say, you know what, we've got something with Sky Blue. And, you know, he is trying relatively <laughs> to the men with whom he tries. Um, but I feel like this is time for... They basically are pitching a... This is her breakthrough, but she's not going to win. Mm-hmm. The match has to be great for that story to really resonate. Stop me if I'm reaching here. Bro, bro, this could be delving too much into fantasy booking. Is it possible that the outcasts kind of triple team Sky Blue and then Britt Baker and Sheeta come out to run the other two off? Oh. <laughs> um. Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! 
still my favourite button, that one. There's a party happening. That's what I imagine on one of our podcasts in Vegas. Yeah, like, yeah. bingo. With Taz, and just a boom in the back. Cayman Jack Margarita, the biggest can of anything I've ever seen. Oh, man. That was the all those $2 beers we drank. And the only time I felt drunk was having drinking the horrid do. Yeah, 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 During the I SmackDown stream. I was like, <laughs> Two pints in a candle, yeah, massive. Yeah. It's bigger than me. It might be massive. Than me. <laughs> I, I, like, what? Jamie Hayter being injured is less than ideal. Like, blood and guts feels like a pipe dream now. Doesn't you remember that discussion? Well, they're going to have to start beefing up the ranks. Now the outcasts have got a third member. So, and Sheeda's on her way back, and maybe at some point Jade Cargill's going to really yeah. like... I remember that, like those earnest chats we were having about like where the angle's going to go. In hindsight, how naive. I know. Like, how naive. Like, the outcasts are not... This is tricky with invasion-type angles. The outcasts are now in possession of the world title. They are more in than the in-crowd, than the yeah, originals. Yeah. It's really hard to like balance that, isn't it? When basically, like, yeah, we're outcasts, really sick. Three months later, okay, we fully like ingratiated ourselves within the company, and we've yeah. earned its richest price. Yes, it's tough to work out what that one, isn't it? Now, like, it is. you it's can't just... necessarily get to a violent gang war, turf war payoff. It might be the worst NWO reboot with the spray paint and yeah. the oh, outsiders yeah. that came from another promotion. And think of how many there've been. Mm-hmm. You're already doing Bullet Club Gold on the same friggin' show. Like, there's so much about this promotion that is an absolute mess. Uh, right now, um, but that's a topic for another day, I guess. Two more talking points, the penultimate one of which is um, a graphic flashed up overnight. Now, eh. <laughs> what's that about? Uh, we hear from Sammy Guevara. What does he have to say? Uh, Will this have any correlation with what Chris Jericho does next? Because he wasn't on the show last week. Should do. We're all manifesting. I say we're all. Me and you, plus anyone that listens to this podcast and is sick of us saying it. We're all manifesting the sex gods taking a run at the titles, losing and splitting, aren't we? Yes. That's the we have to have the best of the... We have to have the most low-key go-to tag team in history, and I use that with no irony <laughs> whatsoever. Love the sex gods. It seems as easy as pie for me. Again, Forbidden Door complicates things. The sex gods versus FTR. FTR win, and then you spin off into... Uh, Jericho versus Guevara. Does Guevara... I will beat this drum until it happens. Does Guevara say that um, he was obviously disappointed to not win a singles title, to win the title at double or nothing, but he's going to be a father. He's got a kid on the way and he wants to make that kid proud. And when that baby's born, he wants to be holding gold. And is he going to throw out speculative challenges to either FTR or the House of Black with both Jericho and Garcia, the guy he was mentoring, remember? Yeah. And then if it's either like a tag thing, he's like... I'm thinking Daniel Garcia and Jericho just bulldozes in. I know exactly what you're thinking. Me and you, buddy. And he's like, oh, yeah, Chris, that's yeah. definitely what I wanted. And he goes along with it to protect his, like, Chris Jericho's ego and all that kind of thing. Or they try and do the trios route, and it's the JAS three-man group against House of Black, and they lose, and Jericho starts pinning it on Sammy because now Garcia's fully embraced the sports entertainment thing. Jericho's now, like, he's gone off Don. He's gone off Sammy Guevara. He's kind of more in uh, Daniel Garcia now than ever. And is that, like, is that the move? Alternatively, they will want Tony Khan and Ghetto will want a star who can lose to Sonata. Ooh, ooh, at Forbidden Door. They want it's not going to be Brian Pillman Jr. No, with all due respect, <laughs> they are going to want someone who's a name who has recently or at some point been in the title mix. 
who people will think, ah, it's not the hottest match for the IWGP title, but that's not really the focus of this year's Forbidden Door. Uh, Sammy Guevara is as credible a name in that respect as anyone, if you're looking at that below the main event here for a match that you kind of have to do at least one world title match yeah. at Forbidden Door. So maybe there's a connection to be made there, and you can juice it up with just five guys versus the JAS. Yeah. Like, there's certain combinations. Talk to me into this, you know. There's like, certain combinations in that match, and then you can have Jericho, so you need to win it for the JAS, and you can advance J- uh, Jericho Sammy through that. And then you can do, I'm going to say it again until it happens. Right, Sammy, you didn't win the world title. Um, but, but you're not going to go for the tags. And then you're, you're off to the races. You're off to the races with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's engagement accounts were tweeting this. So immediately when they do that, you go, oh, it's not a relevant point. Yes. But a lot of engagement accounts were doing the, uh, it's weird, right, guys, flame emoji, 100 emoji, that uh, neither MJF or Sonata are in conversations for people's forbidden door dream matches as the two world champions of the companies. That's just the nature of the champions. It's not yeah. a dig at either champion. It's like, that's what the engagement accounts are trying to suggest. Isn't it weird? Don't you hate these guys? No, they're just strange characters to try and book on this specific show. Yeah. But, and the Sonata one is tougher than MJF because at least MJF is this guy that has outwardly said, I hate all of this. So just find him a baby face that wants to fight against that. Sonata is like in this brand new gimmick as a champion. He's kind of had to strip himself of all of the old stuff to win the belt in the first place. And he's barely got going as champion. So that's a timing issue more than anything else. And he's not known. He's becoming known, but not known yet for his flamboyance. So he kind of needs almost like a an opposite to fight. Sammy Guevara is as good an opposite as anyone else you could really pitch in the roster at the moment. I, if I you, like that. If you had the choice, you could add any match to Forbidden Door, because I feel like this is the last time to have this conversation, because they're surely going to add quite a bit tonight. Uh, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. Um, Will your oyster? Do, but do you know what? No. The two, the two announced matches of my oyster. I'm getting my oyster. Okay. Like I kind of, I've not, I've struggled to kind of put an undercard together that lives up to the two headline matches. I'm so hyped and jacked for them. I'm almost ready to be allowed a free pass. My match is Ishii and Moxley too. I want that one. Like I, that's the one, but it sort of feels like I don't know. I was going to say it feels a bit fan wanky, but then Tony Khan books matches like that. So, yeah, yeah. but it's like the fan wank show. Yeah, like that's that's, that's. that's what it is. That's the one I want. Um. Or something with Yano, like Toriano's too entertaining a figure to not be used. Like I thought that was a, a missed opportunity last year, and I'll do something really good with Yano. So something with him. I want John Moxley versus Junkasai. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a tag. Yeah, why not? I did. I did see Junkasai, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that could be the start of something, couldn't it? Like it's, I want you got the two absolutely incredible yet different epic big main events. Mm. What I want from this undercard is for it to stay out of its own way and to give me the range, bit of range. So I want a fun party match with Sting, Derby against some people. I want a ridiculously fast-paced... I want Derby versus Takahashi as well, to be honest. Yeah. That is, again... Uh, That's the Sickos match. I want two Sickos matches, two very different types of Sickos matches. I want Mox versus Kasai... Give you some glass. <laughs> Go on. 
and I want Derby versus Takahashi. What are you doing with the books? Or the elite in general? Well, 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 it's a different conversation because it was rumoured, and this is Sean Ross Sapp, as credible as it gets, that apparently Kenta versus CM Punk, the teasers for the GTS alone would be incredible. Mm-hmm. The idea of Kenta, who's tried to build this to his credit in the media for several years, the second Punk came back, he was mm-hmm. like, well, I want him, I want him, of course I want him. If the kicks get a bit stiff in that match, you'd think, is it going to ride? Yeah. Is he going to beat CM Punk up? It would be amazing. Uh-huh. Ten minutes of piss, just pissy, pissy warfare. Like a different but similar match to Punk Kingston, for example. It only needs ten minutes. So I'd love that brevity, that brutality, that, like... Punk picks him up in the fireman's carry to tease the GTS. He just throws him to the ground and puts me on a kind of ice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't need it, really. I, I just took it because yeah, I could. Yeah. Like that. But the interesting note there is the fact alone that it has been discussed internally means that CM Punk and Kenny Omega can't possibly have a problem working the same show and being in the same building. Which speaks to the one apology conversation we heard about between those two specifically. Indeed. So they're willing... Like, demo, like uh, Sean Ross isn't making this up. No. Even if they don't go through with the match, Punk and Kenta, the mere fact that it was discussed and Sean Ross does not make things up indicates to me that, right, Omega and Punk... Omega is happy to go and work wherever Punk goes. He just doesn't care as much. I think that if the Bucks and Punk just simply will not share a, a building, and there has to be some... A page as well. A page. Yeah. There has to be some, like, derivation of wrestlers who will just not refuse to be in the same vicinity, hence why Collision exists. If Punk is getting rumoured for Forbidden Door that surely disqualifies the Young Bucks from consideration for the show. What happens at All In? What happens with every pay-per-view, but particularly All In? He can't do a brand-exclusive All In. It's just, I hate it. I've got a theory I'm working and on that. It's that so we'll messy, all of this. Tomorrow. I want all of this yeah. clarified. I just wish they would come out and say, oh, they're not doing it. Reduce your, lower your expectations for All In. It's pucks up, punk or bucks. By the way, it absolutely, 1 million percent has to be the Young Bucks on that show. One forbidden door. No, uh, all in. All in, yeah. Because it's all in, let's be yeah. honest. I uh yeah, I got a theory about all in that I'll save till after Dynamite tonight. But the punker has been advertised for the uh really underselling Toronto collision the night before Forbidden Door, which means he could be on that and not Forbidden Door. Like that could mean they could have been waiting to see if the Canada match was a goer. And then when it wasn't thought right, we needed desperately juice these tickets the night before, and they put Punk on the poster now for that collision on the Saturday night. So Punk could be doing Saturday and Sunday at Forbidden Door weekend, or it could just be one or the other, and that would potentially free the way for the books. Like, aren't, these weird, aren't, these really? weird, aren't these weird conversations? Yeah, like, you know, when they do um, they do that uh, Andre Battle Royal on, like, WrestleMania SmackDown, yeah. Forbidden Door Collision. That's where that we're at now. Sucks, <laughs> man. Sucks. Could be that. Don't know. That's all speculation. Tonight, honestly, we talk about this in the office. I am like starving, hungry at this point for like the swapping Crazy. of the always the rampage graphics for the collision one. Excalibur's doing this. Ba 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 ba. Out of the way, rampage. Out of the way, you. We didn't look at the notes then, did you? Because the last talking point was, what does the collision debut look like? I, I need to be told. By I need to be told. I think it's imperative at this point. By the masked point. man. Yeah. I think it is imperative at this point that we go 2021 with the vibe. Easier yeah. said than done, obviously. I need, when 
Excalibur is doing the match announcements for the first collision. Do you remember um, the dynamite that set up after Blood and Guts when it was like, I can't even remember the matches. I just remember all of them being like amazing looking. Like Cassidy versus Pac, Darby versus Miro. Oh, yeah. This, uh-huh. this, this. And then they did that trick. Oh, it was the best time throughout the summer of 2021 where it was like, Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. Are you kidding? I need that feeling when they do the, this collision. I want to go, oh, 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 this as well. I can't believe we've got two more hours of AEW instead of, yes. oh, two more hours. It's yeah. imperative that they do this. What is one match that could probably gonna do Keith Lee and Swerve? What's one match that can deliver that feeling? Hmm. Uh, we might have just said it. Uh, Miro versus Darby Allen one more time is a great way to reintroduce Miro while not giving away a brand new match. Like he doesn't want to Miro Cassidy. Miro Cassidy for a bail because Cassidy was on the poster. That was the thing there. I was trying to think of people that were on that um, collision advertising. MJF was on it, and so was Orange Cassidy. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Miro challenges for the international title. Like and it's like ah, oh, this is how. Oh it no! Oh god! Yeah, it'll have that sort of Lesnar adjacent thing amongst yeah. the AEW fandom. Where it's like he doesn't wrestle every it's week. Not fair. It's not fair. And the match is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just decimates, goes straight for the hand. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's still not. My world has just been completely and utterly rocked. Do is you it? do you have that match? Does I think well, it's a bit greedy. I've had it like twice over for Vindor already, mm-hmm. but Collision needs it. Yeah, I, I need to know that this is worth my time. I'm obviously going to watch it. I have to. I think if you, but it's but what you know what I mean. I put myself in the in the 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 fan the minds of the fans. It's what you pair it with, isn't it? So like, if you know spitballing, right? If you have um, the trios match, the Punk and FTR trios match, then we put the MJF Adam Cole title match, and we can talk about it all now innocently on a Dynamite preview because tomorrow half of this is going to be dead. We're going to actually know for definite. And then you have an international title match. And then you have a cool and... Un- uh, here's a one. Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Just out my ass in a like awesome women's match. We haven't seen Serena Deeb for months. And Thunder Rosa, we know, is going to be working on collision. And there you go straight away. It's like, wow, the women's division suddenly kicks ass over there. Yeah. So there's that cool match as well. All of a sudden, the show looks more like a, whoa, collision more than some of its parts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you've started yeah. to add... Like, there's no... Danielson Okada graphic in any of them, but collectively it feels like a huge night. Luke Statlander, um, Valkyrie. I can see that announcement going down like a lead balloon. On yeah. It's like, because so far all like Valkyrie's done is grumble at a screen. Yeah. We know we know what we can infer, but it's yeah, been pretty yeah. lazy. Yeah. yeah. I Very interesting 24 hours ahead. Let us know what you think about what should go on collision, what should go on forbidden door, et cetera, et cetera. And you can do that underneath the Twitter link to this podcast um, at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. Again, you can follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Stick around on your podcast feeds because later today we will be releasing our review of NXT last night. And then deeper into the week, we will be previewing Collision, reviewing Dynamite, and not doing wrestle culture because uh, we don't have the staff this week, unfortunately. But thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.